Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from a hotel room in Santa Barbara, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Almost a uh, motel room. It is a hotel room, but it's almost a motel room. What is the difference between a motel and a hotel? I think just quality, right? We got like in a hotel, you don't usually have the maintenance man sliding behind you early in the morning like is this door oh that window's open that's what it is but yeah like it's interesting i'm at this hotel motel perfect location right on the beach if i turned my camera just a little bit this way you'd be able to see the ocean but uh this sliding door you see this like sliding patio door that you can see in the shot that is the only door to the room (laughs) Enter and exit. Your key unlocks a patio door. Yeah, I see. He was pushing the container that holds the towels. Yeah, I, I remember pushing that. the linen cart. I remember that. I used to have to do that when I worked at the Caesar's Palace Spa. I used to, have to push that thing around, fold the towels, load them in. If they need help. I can. I can help them. Yeah, they do need help. They were working at all hours last night. No matter what, what time it was, it seemed like. The linen cart was getting pushed around. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. You got got to keep the clean sheets. It's a very strangely, uh, it's a very strangely laid out hotel. You know how like every hotel, everything kind of faces the same direction. For some reason, I swear this like there's, it feels like all the patio doors face out and there should be another door that faces like some sort of central area where this linen guy doesn't have to go on a patio all day. Nope, just patio doors. So everything faces in different directions. Well, if we're hurting for content, we can bring them on the show. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he has any picks for the football games this weekend. I doubt it, though. I have a feeling he's a Raiders fan. I was just going to say, I'm going to assume. Cancel, 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 cancel. He's working for the Raiders. He's like, which, actually, it's Cowboys, fool. <laughs> yeah, which Monday, I, I. My game's not till Monday, fool. I, I do look forward to getting to those picks, especially the Raiders, because. This is where they let us down. Totally. Totally. Because they should win again this week. And we're all off the Dolphins. You know, we were never on the Dolphins. Many of the Dolphins fans, the Dirty Sports Podcast, were upset. How dare you? Tua is Dan Marino, a left-handed Dan Marino. Uh, they they beat the Patriots. The Patriots have won seven Super Bowl, you know, six Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Obviously, by process of elimination, uh, the Dolphins are the greatest team in football. And then they lose, and now they'll have their big, you know, upset victory over the Raiders. And we'll be, it'll kill our Raiders fandom. It'll drive the Dolphins fans wild. I can see it happening already. Well, speaking of the Dolphins, Mack will show up double down. I have been watching Cocaine Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The now, show or the documentary? The documentary. Okay. The, the newest one of Billy Corbin. 
on Netflix. It's a six part docuseries. So there's a newer one. This is not the original. So they had two, which I've both seen like back, I think in 2006, 2008. Now this is on yeah. the, the arguably two of the biggest drug smugglers in United States history. Um, Sal Magluta and Willie Falcone and uh, dude, Miami's nuts. Man. Like I watch this stuff and I sometimes say, how much of this shit are you going to watch? Cause I watch a lot of it and yeah. whether it's scripted or documentaries and, and I like Billy Corbin. I've liked a lot of his stuff. You know, he did those U 30 for thirties and screwball that other documentary on Balco and Alex Rodriguez. And, he loves uh, Miami. The dude oh, loves Miami born and raised man. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I watch this stuff and I think, I think, do you think he's already, do you think he's already prepping a documentary on the 2021 Dolphins? I mean, they did beat the Patriots in week one on a last minute fumble. But do you think he's already like, oh, this keeps going? They continue to be Super Bowl favorites. He has been in my DMs yelling at me that I haven't given them enough love. Well, I don't know if he's going to do that, but. I watch these things and it sometimes makes me wonder, should I be a criminal? Okay. This is where you're at 40 years old. You're like, is it time to turn to a life of crime? Well, I just think sometimes you, you might have missed your window, buddy. You see how easy it can be. And if you get out and that's the problem, nobody gets out. If you put five years of work into the game and then you get out with millions, but people just want to add to that million. So that's well, the you know, the whole it's, it's like when I broke my leg, you know, it's the the doctor said everybody comes in and says the same thing. Last run of the day, you know, it's like, of course, it's the last run of the day. If a, if somebody comes in and they broke their knee or shredded their MCL, do you think they were like, oh, I was going to do two more? Like, of course, it's the last run of the day. So I feel like in all these stories of like, what could have happened? It's always like, we could have gotten out. It's like, but you never really were going to. Not for one second. It's like, sure. It's, it always ends with you getting busted. But is there a better time than a 40-year-old guy who is coaching grade school basketball and doing a podcast and living in his recently deceased parents' house in the suburbs of Cincinnati, Ohio? Is there a better cover than that? I think it's a great cover. Uh, all I can say, Andy, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who are upset that their freedoms are getting taken away because, you know, they have to wear masks to the coffee shop or whatever. But the time to do this was definitely pre 9-11, because after that, literally you the FBI is already building a file on your drug smuggling because we're having this conversation. They monitor all of our phone calls, texts, Zooms, FaceTimes tweets reddit posts they monitor like they have it all written down you know do they but yes i think they do but i also think there's severe negligence within a lot of these government departments i don't know anyway it's it, it's it, all they have to do is put put your name into a system and the algorithm will spit out the information it needs no, no humans actually listening. Just a bot is listening. Okay, so maybe I shouldn't become a, a drug smuggler. I'm just saying. I would saying. say you missed your window physically, mentally, and, you know, I mean, how many, how many things, how many cars are going to get pushed <laughs> by this window? I'm just laughing. That's what I'm laughing about. 
Maybe they're smuggling drugs in those carts. Maybe those linen carts are just full of cocaine. Full some. Uh, how many linen carts can one one hotel have? See, Joe, this is what happens when your your team, like my Cincinnati Reds, just have an epic collapse. You start thinking about irrational thoughts of becoming a drug smuggler. I know you've gone through it with the Mets. I bet Padres fans are feeling it. I was reading an article the other day saying how those three teams, this is like an all-time epic collapse, you could argue, of, of like three teams doing this together. Yeah. And, and more recently of the Padres and the Reds, where just two teams just said, we're going to lose every game. And then now the Cardinals of all yeah, teams. Yeah, the Mets, the Mets got out on it early. Um, but there was a great stat, and I forget the, I forget the specific date, but it was something crazy. It was something like if the Mets had played 500 baseball since August 1st, they'd be up 11 and a half games in the division or like some, something insane like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I was saying that about the Reds. I go, if they've just played 500 ball since I think August 23rd, when they went up 13, they were 13 games above 500, they'd be coasting away with this, but and the National League, I mean, no one wants it. And obviously the Cardinals have taken it, but no one. I mean, if you look at the Cardinals, I believe it's the Mariners who are, I don't know, four, like third, third out of the wild card or something like that in the AL. They have more wins than the Cardinals. Yeah, and the Cardinals have won 11 straight, 11 straight. Oh, I hate it. As, as someone who went to school there and has always dealt with them. I knew it. My buddy and I have no lie called this a few weeks ago. We said, it's not going to be the Reds or the Padres. The Cardinals are going to sneak in. And here they yeah. are. Take a guess how many losing seasons the Cardinals have had since 2000. Two. Very close. One. Yeah. They're always there. Yeah. One losing season. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And as a Mets fan, I hate it too. Like they're they're an old school, you know, NL East rival. Stay hating the Cardinals. You know, I've been I've been to a few Cardinals games recently. You know, spending more time in St. Louis, and you know, you're like meh. Like nothing about the team or the franchise like bothers me except for the fact that they're just the Cardinals. Like fuck the Cardinals. Yeah, and I, and I admit a lot of it's jealousy. I'm not going to deny that. It's, it's a lot of same division. They dominate the Reds. Yeah, that's you. It's, you know, interdivision rival. That's a different kind of hate. And Yachty, I just can't stand Yachty. Yeah. I've never liked him. You go back to that feud he had with Brandon Phillips when the bench is cleared and just years of, and, and the neck tats. Get, get, you got neck tats. You, if, if you have neck tats, you better be a drug smuggler. Like you need to I was be. About to, I was about to say, Andy, I don't think you're like old man handing away of the neck tats that you just did. You're like, eh, neck, tats, neck tats. I don't think that's going to serve you well in your new career as a international drug smuggler. That's what I'm saying. If you have showing neck- up on the showing up on a dock in Miami, getting a bunch of cocaine, you're like, then eh, I don't know if I trust you with the, with your neck tats. No, neck, you need a little necky tats. That's why I made that point. If you do have neck tats, you can be a drug. Like that's the one job that you have. It's you very, have, that's, you know, everything's cancelable these days. Don't uh, body shame people. Don't, don't art decision shame. 
That's what uh, that's what Johnny Depp said yesterday. What did he say? No one is safe. He said oh. he said uh, I thought you know, he was defending shitty tattoos because probably got some. Yeah, no, he does. What did he say? He said that uh, his quote. I watched it about cancel culture. No one is safe. Not one of you. Re- referring to the reporters at some press thing, which I, I tend to agree, like because people went after him. So for what did they go after him for? I think it was uh, that, you know, him and that wife, Amber Heard, had some things and she accused him of yeah. domestic abuse, but she was actually beating him from what yeah. I've seen. <laughs> like she way was like, get, way to break the story, Andy. Yeah, and this that, is and, like from and, two and years that, ago. And that what happened? Yeah. She was like whooping his ass with like frying pans and stuff. Yeah. Am yeah. I correct in that? I mean, I don't know about the frying pan, but yeah, there's he was like audio recording it or whatever. And she was the abusive one the whole time. Man, dude, his accent is so funny, too, because I'm watching that interview and I'm thinking, what is I don't even know what his accent is anymore when he's not acting. Yeah, it's kind of British, but kind of American. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just cocaine lockjaw. (laughs) That's a guy you want to get you want to you want inroads into the drug game. Go talk to Johnny Depp. I mean, he I think. The, the rumor is that he literally went, by the way, he gets like 30 million for a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean now. Like he's made over $350 million in a career. Rumors are he went broke just on wine, just did drinking you, wine. Yeah, did you? That's an did insane you, amount of wine. Did you read that Rolling Stone article about him a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, amazing. That's, that's what it was about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, props to him. If you can spend $300 million drinking wine, like fucking. You're going to have a weird accent at the end of it. You know what he should do? Johnny Depp should spend that money on Miller Lite. Yeah. Giant. Cheap. Delicious. American. Yeah. No. I actually can't think of a better alcohol brand than Miller Lite for Johnny Depp. I mean, look, he's trying to be a man of the people. He's he's Captain Jack Sparrow. I mean, is there a more fitting beer? For Captain Jack Sparrow than Miller Lite. No. Just throw it all on ice. Put it, you know, put it in the boat. Just crushing cans on the Black Pearl. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. With great taste and only 96 calories, Miller Lite is brewed with beer lovers in mind, just like Jack Sparrow. I know he's a beer lover. It has been the light beer with great taste since 1975. So Dirtballs, next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your friends, go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay, now that I've uh, vented about my team Going down the shitter, which for the record wouldn't have really mattered because I didn't give the Reds much of a chance in a one game playoff at San Francisco or Los Angeles. Yeah. And I'll tell you what one game, anything can happen. I was going to say one game, anything anything can happen, but I will be rooting hard against the Cardinals, whoever they play. So I will probably find myself rooting maybe for the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I will be rooting for. I'll be rooting for whichever one. I'll be rooting for the Giants against whichever one of them prevails. 
it's a miserable, it's a miserable draw for the NL for me, you know, yeah. Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves. Let's go Giants, Milwaukee, NLCS. Good luck to Andy Lass, Nate Craig. Those boys will be up in San Francisco this weekend for their Niners-Packers battle. That'll be a fun game. I'll look, I'll look forward to yeah. discussing that here in a few minutes. Yeah. Before we do that, it's official. Ben Simmons, we, we kind of heard this before. He will not report to training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise. He has not he, spoke. He hasn't spoken he to them since late August. Uh, I got to say, he's very upset about the fact that he stunk last year. He's very upset about it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's, he's so upset. He's upset at the city. Like, I like Ben Simmons game. That's the thing. I don't. Okay. Like, like, dude, dude like you can't, you know, I don't like your game. You can't shoot. This is, NBA in 2021, if you can't shoot, what are you doing? I'm just like my thing on like, it's all relative. It's all value. It's all like whatever. Like I was just arguing with somebody again the other day about Kirk Cousins. And they're like, he's not that bad. And I'm like, yeah, except he's the eighth highest paid player in all of football. It's like, sure. If he was on a rookie deal. I'll, I'll be like, hey, let's see what he's got. You know, Ben Simmons, like, sure, he can't shoot, but he's still like an elite defender, you know, crazy in terms of being able to facilitate the offense, certainly like in the open court. He has a skill set that can be valuable in the NBA. But and, and I understand that he was the number one overall pick and everybody said the next LeBron James and blah, 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 blah. And he didn't live up to that. But like living up to that doesn't even matter to me. What matters to me is you're not living up to your contract. Yes. And now you're acting like the world should like you. Everything's fine with your game to me. You're just treating the whole situation, the whole trade, the whole demand, like you, who are you to demand anything? Well, like okay. your problem is you can't shoot in the NBA. My problem is if you can't shoot in the NBA, you're not allowed to make demands. Yeah. Well, okay. We agree there. If you can't shoot in the NBA, you're not worth five years, $177 million. Plain and simple. That's an average $35 million a year. You're just 100%. not worth that. hundred percent. You're just not worth that, man. And he needs to go to a team obviously that doesn't need shooting from him who just needs his defense and his ability to pass the ball or he needs to go to a team where they're going to figure it out for him. So, you know, San Antonio's turned everybody into a shooter. They have their super shooting coach. The warriors have shooters. They have the, like I said, uh, you know, Livingston is now like, a, a in the, in the front office. And it's like, I've, I've been saying go there forever. Now, meanwhile, Bob Myers is getting like fined for commenting on it and shit like that. To me, again, I, I just think shooting is a fixable problem. I just think it is. I, I you know, I can almost argue that's one of the most fixable problems of, of all the three major sports. You can't shoot. There's, there's a easy way to fix that, man. Here's here's my other hear this argument out. Um, I think you can shoot. 
I just I think he has a mental block more than he has a physical block. He doesn't shoot. That's a that's a way more major issue. Rajon Rondo couldn't shoot, but he did shoot. You keep you keep people on their heels. You know what I mean? You keep people on their toes leaning forward at your jump shot. Like make one a game and then blow by people the rest of the game. This is the exact same thing we're talking about with the NFL, where it's like you don't need to establish the run in terms of like getting X amount of run. You just need to seem like you might do it. Ben Simmons doesn't even Ben Simmons mental aspect is way worse than his physical shooting because he refuses to shoot. And then when he goes to the line, he's, he's so fucked. I meant like, dude, I guarantee you he hits 85% of his free throws in practice. I guarantee it. I, I don't. I guarantee it. What are you basing that off of? I'm basing that off of everything I know about the his approach on the court, everything I know about his, even like his technique, everything like that. Like, Andy, what do you think you would shoot if I just sent you to a closed gym and you got to shoot free throws? You think you shoot 80%? 70 to 75. Okay. You think you shoot 70, 75% in NBA games? Because I can tell you for a fact, I wasn't even a good free throw shooter back in the day. You know, I was probably a 70 in practice guy. I bet you I was a 55er in the games. But you realize what you're saying. That's all that matters. If you can't translate success in the games when it matters, then your value is even lower than what we're talking about. I completely agree. But my point is, I think it's even more fixable than like, oh, just go to the gym and shoot a 10,000 free throws. Like, bro, you're demanding trades. You're, de- you're refusing to show up to camp. You're so mentally incapable of even showing up on the court. Like, how dare you? You know what they if need? It was a, it was, if it was a physical thing, you say, hey, man, why can't you guys get better coaches? Why can't you help me with this and this and this? It's like, dude, every aspect of this shows me that he's just mentally weak. They need to do. Uh, I'm going I'm to reference one of my favorite Sandler movies. They need to do a little Billy Madison. What he was doing with Chris Farley when he get a question right. So they need to grab his girlfriend. I just Googled. His current girlfriend is Maya Jama. Jama? I don't know. I don't know who this is. I know he's dated a Jenner. So she needs to be like, dude, no sex until you make free throws. So they do it in practice where she can take off her clothes. And then when he makes like 10 in a row, she'll be like, that is correct. And then she takes <laughs> off her clothes. Just go full Billy Madison. I don't know who who is Maya Jama. Now I just put her in and then. The first thing that comes up is Stormzy says he still loves Maya Jama as he addressed. Who's Stormzy? I don't know who any of these people are. She like British or something? I have no clue. She's got to be British. It's the only explanation for this. I've never heard of this person in my life. In English television and radio presenter, she co-presented on the BBC. There you go. I was like, why do I not know this person? I- I'm looking at her right now, too. I feel like these these type of people... Like, what do you mean the, these types of people? The women NBA players date. Okay. That's what I mean by these types of people. Like they all look the same. 
Like, it's like her. Like, she's attractive. But she's basically a younger Sonia Curry. <laughs> she's like ethnically ambiguous. Like, I don't know. Dark skin, attractive, got the big butt, big boobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like every single one of these girls, and if they are Hot white. Take. Hot take. And, and if they are white girls, they try to look not white. With how they All can. NBA NBA wags have big boobs, big asses. <laughs> I think I don't know. I'm coming on. I, I, I'm putting together a little theory here. <laughs> They'll dress a little bit revealing. They'll look like they could be strippers. It's the Andy Ruther hot take of the day. Put that yeah. on the Reddit thread. Coming yeah. in with these hot takes. But they all kind of look the same, right? I'm saying like ethnically too. You're like, I don't know. Is she half black, half white? Is she Latin? Is she Persian? She's like, you know, you don't, you're not exactly sure. She's got the nice, good looking, dark skin. Those, those, those booties, I'll be honest, they're just too big right now. Like I, my, my little short white ass cannot handle that. I'll just be full honest Once with that. Once again, just killing your cocaine dealer life. You're like mm, tattoos and these big asses. I don't know. Can be the Larry David of Miami Coke dealers. <laughs> Guys with the guns again. Can we all just calm down? No, I'm saying I personally can't handle that. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Again, if you got the neck tat, you should be in the cocaine smuggling game. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You shouldn't be the catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know. He's he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame, so I think he's doing okay. <sighs> me i probably think y yachty's the most disliked cardinal for me in my lifetime it's pretty pretty easy right there so where does ben simmons go i have no fucking idea i don't think anybody does i have no idea At the, like to me and i said <laughs> are you drinking out of a thimble oh it's like uh <laughs> you drinking out of a sippy cup well yeah, you know, we have these for the kids, and then I, I put a little kombucha in it, but I didn't want to drink the whole thing. So I, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm drinking out of a little kid's um, cup. I mean, to me, the obvious answer forever was the, the Warriors. They announced right away that they basically weren't interested, you know, or. I don't know if that was a, you know, we broke up with you kind of thing. Like, but yeah. I don't know what kind of discussions were actually had, but uh, yeah, that to me seemed obvious. It, what's crazy to me is if with his contract, you have to be a contender ish, right? Like you have to feel like he pushes you over some sort of hump or changes the style of play that you have that maybe like maybe you think that this re-energizes our squad like it gives us a whole different look somehow and because if you're a struggling kid like what what's the reason to bring on ben simmons if you're a like team that's trying to turn it around yeah there's not spending all that money and then he can figure it out while you guys figure it out and then what? Sure. Then you have to give them that money again, like two years from now. 
So to me, it has to be like a team like, you know, the Warriors. Like, I don't know, maybe the Spurs. Like, does does Popovich like buy low, sell high? I don't see the Spurs investing all that money. I don't either. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what team is even out there that like, like, you know, is it the Mavericks? Like, I just don't know. Do the Mavericks do like a Perzingis? But it's like the Luca's their do- ball dominant guy, you know? Yeah, it'll be curious how it plays out. I just out. don't know the team. Yeah, I don't either. It'll be interesting. You watch Monday Night Football, Eli and Peyton, right? I love it so much. Yeah, I, I can't wanna, believe there are people who don't like it. Well, that's what I want to talk about. I, I, I think I know it's only been two times. I think this could revolutionize sports broadcasting. I really believe that. I, I think it's that unique, entertaining, also educational. It's inc- like, dude, in two games. And Romo's good. I like Romo. Romo's such but, a dork, though. I like, like, I know everyone gets annoyed when I say that. I just think Romo's a dork. He is a dork, but what? But what, you know, he's he's no more dorky than I feel like half of the guys who are like act like he's way he's way more dorky than the Manning brothers. But you know, is he more of a dork than I don't know Kirk Herbstreet? Like, yes, I think he is. Well, okay, that's, well, I think that's, that's my like opinion. on what you know what I mean. Like, well, well, yeah, he's well, not a cool guy. I, I just I think what they're doing makes the my game point was so I learned fun. I've learned more in two two weeks with them than in the history of football broadcasting before that. Like they just and you know they're so offense facing like. They're rooting for the offense the whole time. They're giving you everything from a quarterback perspective. Well, and also the guests. I mean, yeah. they're br- they're bringing on interesting guys. Gronk was hilarious when he said that thing about not watching game film, and he asked, just asked Tom Brady. That's that's great. McAfee was great. McAfee was awesome. Favre, I, Favre, 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 as I tweeted, has fucking Southern Mississippi internet where he was like on a delay. Brett Favre, move to a fucking part of the world with running water. Stop stop calling into Monday night, zooming into Monday night football from your outhouse, you <laughs> backwards ass fucking idiot. But even that, you know, they discussed when you did get what did it. I teach Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I think I guess I, I think I maybe I taught him uh you could throw it however, throw it with your foot or whatever. But <laughs> you know, fucking I mean, he's been pretty good forever. So, like, to be honest, I didn't really talk to him, but I was like, hey. You know, McCarthy doesn't give a shit if you're just like a bonehead with the ball. So just do whatever you want. It's great, though. And I can see other networks following suit. Now, obviously, you have two unique personalities and that's tough to four Super Bowl rings, duplicate quarterback royalty. But like they know their roles, too, which I think is important when you do a duo. I don't even think they know their roles. I think that's just their roles, like in their family. Like Eli doesn't. Eli is so great. He doesn't he overspeak. Never sits back, picks his spots. Has great one liners. Like, yeah. 
and you know, Peyton's a pretty funny guy, but like Eli's batting average that when they're doing jokes, I mean, Eli's hitting like 800. Yeah. Like every time he talks, fuck, crushing it. Sure. Peyton's like going on and on and on. And you're like, this is perfect balance. Yeah. Peyton said something that I never thought of. He was talking about to do like a bad fake handoff. Did you, did you hear that part? Which I mm. never would have thought of or heard. He was saying, uh, on, I forget the play that the Packers were running, but I don't know if it was play action or some sort of fake. It was some sort of fake. And he said, the way you want to bring the defense, you don't want to bring them in too. Oh, it was on a screen. That was it. He said, you don't want to bring them in too much on the run when you fake handoff because they're going to be too far up. You want to kind of do a shitty fake because then the DBs are still far back to play the screen. Or maybe it was the opposite. You want to bring them right. in Right. I missed that one. I'm probably saying it wrong. But regardless, I was at my brother's and I said, wow, I never would have thought of that. But that's a nugget I never would have also heard on a regular broadcast. I mean, the intricacies of which they go into it's like it's unbelievably good and like i just can't believe it. first of all there's two there's two groups of people that that you know on the internet that are uh complaining about this and one is except if you put in like manning brothers if you put in peyton and eli on, on a monday night first of all there's straight up people being like give me the regular game it's like bro how did you even get to espn too like ESPN one comes up before it's like, how did you sure. even think that this is the broadcast, which is the best part about this? When you say revolutionizing, you know, broadcasting is that it's on the second ESPN channel, like give the idiots out there who want to hear fucking Brian Greasy and fucking Joe Tessitore. I mean, I can't believe there are old heads. That want that. Well, it's not. It's not testatorial. It's greasy. Uh, Levy. Who cares? I don't give a shit. It's fucking Dennis Miller and Tony Kornheiser. Who gives a shit? It's not the fucking Manning brothers. So fine. Wherever this happens, if you know, if you, if people continue to do this, give people the main broadcast being old people who don't give a shit about anything and are not entertaining and are not insightful. For all the people I don't know, it like I, I honestly feel like it's the jeopardy wheel of fortune crowd it's like fine give make the national number one broadcast the wheel of fortune for the dumbs and then for all of us who want to fucking hear two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time break down the game in a way we've never heard before put sure. them on the secondary channel yeah it's amazing that that's not flip-flopped but and then the stories like the stories mcafee was telling about peyton those were gems and I, I i really enjoyed that neither eli or peyton would acknowledge why pat mcafee was sweating that game because of the spread yeah because the spread was clearly or he clearly had an 11 and a half yeah hence the detroit couldn't score another touchdown to cut that 18 point lead to 11 but they didn't acknowledge it which i thought was funny yeah and they kept going to like he, all he wanted was Peyton Manning desperately to say good punt. And they, and they kept going to commercial literally right after the punt. Yeah. So funny. It's a shame. They're not doing all the games. Yeah. They're doing 10 of 17. So I would have thought for sure it would be like week on week off almost, but I think they're doing again week three. 
So they must be doing something where then they're going to take a week off for some reason here and there. And it just Maybe. ends. Did you watch, if you watch to the end, like yeah. it just yeah. ends. Yeah. There's and no, it just goes to halftime. They don't do anything. Like they just stops, it just starts, stops. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I love it. I, I really and then do. There's, and then there's people are like, why are they on the screen? Give me the game noise. And you're like, Jesus, Christ, well, who well, are well, you? Well, they modified it. Did you notice for week yeah. two? They, they did have the game noise. Yeah. So so they made it better. The production value is better week two. They're going to keep doing tweaks. I really think this is going to revolutionize all sports. The problem is it's setting a bar so high. Like what others like? I mean, honestly, name a pair and, and like name a pair with that much cachet that could do any other sport like you could do the TNT crew for a basketball game that style. I think. Or two of the three. Yeah. I don't be know. Close. It, yeah, I don't know if it'd be as good. Or or you do I mean, even even a sports think about fanatic even who's this a celebrity in terms of even in terms of like you know the 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 actual X's and O's strategy. Kenny Smith, the teams were taking eight three-pointers a game when Kenny Smith played. The, 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 I don't even know if they have a three-point line when Charles Barkley came in, into the league. <laughs> like, what <laughs> the fuck are you? Eli retired two years ago. Yeah. That's pretty great, man. I'm all for it. I mean, they're even behind, you know, when they talk about, when they had... Uh, um, Lamar Jackson, and they were talking about RPO stuff like that. They're already like kind of antiquated in terms of like all that stuff. Now that's also not what clearly wasn't their style of play. Yeah. I love Pat McAfee bonering out over Arch Manning too. But you wanted to talk a ton about the kid, which by the way, I looked up because I was like, oh, I'll be in New Orleans. Maybe I'll go to an Arch Manning high school football game while I'm there. Bound to see Giants at at Saints that were bound to have Eli in town. Um, but of course I didn't think about it Friday night. They play Friday nights. Yeah. You know, us us Eli, Eli said he said on McAfee's show he thinks Arch will be the best manning. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, it's insane. That poor kid's got a high bar to follow hearing yeah. his uncle say that. I mean it, like his uh, other, like Peyton Manning is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. You could make an argument. So the high bar, he'll be the yeah. best. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's the, the only comparison I would ever have for those sort of expectations would have been LeBron James the bar that was set so high for him. Yeah. At that and even same that, age. And even that it's like at that age, it was really high, but like, he's not the only, like other people got that LeBron treatment, like before LeBron and never lived up to it. And they just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. You know what I mean? Where like art, like a kid, like Archman, he won't disappear. Like he sure. won't just be like, Oh, Felipe Lopez. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they announced the first year eligibility for Hall of Fame class. And I want to discuss this briefly before we get into our picks. 
Interesting first year nominees for the 2022 Hall of Fame. So the first, so first year eligible Hall of Famers, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Andre Johnson, and Devin Hester. Wow. I mean, I guess I, so I feel like, and also, sorry, also DeMarcus Ware, Vince Wilfork. I mean, those, those receivers though. Well, wow. Devin Hester definitely not getting in as an offensive player and definitely not getting in as a defensive back. The question is, you know, where is the NFL? He's a hall of fame. Is the hall of fame on just straight up, just return guy. He's I, the greatest I, return of all time, right? That's my point. He, so he's yeah. a hall of famer. There, look, there's three facets of the game. I know we always overlook special teams, but if he's the greatest kick and punt returner of all time, how is he not a hall of famer? He has to be. Without a doubt. And then would, the other guys, the other guys, it's almost like three different styles. Um, Andre Johnson is a great example of a guy. It's like, dude, you, you, he was just on the fucking Texans and the Texans were never good when he was there. Like on, like he has Calvin Johnson, like, like, I mean, obviously not at that level, but like close, like he could have been so much better had he not been a Texan. Yeah. I truly believe that. I think, I think he's the, the most talented receiver out of the three of them. All right. So I'm pulling up their stats. Wow. These guys are so similar. Wow. Listen to this. This is nuts. Andre Johnson receptions, 1,062. Steve Smith, 1,031. Anquan Bolden, 1,076. This is unbelievable. They're all within 40 receptions all time of each other for their career. Yeah. Yards. Andre Johnson, 14,185. Steve Smith, 14,731. Anquan Bolden, 13,779. I mean, they're all so close. Andre Johnson, touchdowns, 70. Steve Smith, 81. Anquan Bolden, 82. That's absolutely amazing. I think Andre Johnson, far and away the best receiver of the three. And and what proves it to me is far and away. Wow. Yeah. And what proves it to me is I would have get if you had asked me, I would have said, I would have almost I would have said exactly what you said, but I would have thought Andre Johnson's stats were not where those guys were. I would be like, hmm, Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden are going to be remarkably similar statistically. And I was like, Johnson's going to be, you know, 80% of them, but in like whatever, I think by far the best of the three. And now that his stats are basically even, I say a hundred percent. He's in between the three of them, two, seven, 1000 yard seasons and one 8,000. I mean, they are just lining up on par with each other. I yeah. say they're all Hall of Famers. I mean, now, I, I, I th- obviously it makes it hard. It makes a hard argument for one and not the other. Yeah. Now, if, I don't know about first ballot. I don't know how that Cor- works. How about length of years? Who is? What are their year totals? Andre Johnson played 193 games. Steve Smith played 219. So that's a lot more. Yep. And, and Anquan Bolden played 202. So Johnson played the least amount. He was a beast. 
Dude, he, I'm telling you, he would have been, I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you he's Terrell Owens. If, if he switches teams with Marvin Harrison, like, I'm t- like, like, I'm, I, I think if he's, and now obviously you can say that about a lot of people, Hey, put him with Peyton Manning, but like, honestly, he's in that division. He comes in the league around the same time. I'm talking, put him in the division, put him on Peyton Manning's team. And I think he's like a top five receiver ever. So all time yards, Steve's these, these guys are so close to each other now all time. I mean, they're all so close as far as how tightly bunched up all the top 25 receivers are. Steve Smith is eighth all time. Andre Johnson is 11th and Anquan Bolden's 14th. All the other guys are going to be Hall of Famers or are already yeah. in the Hall of Fame that are in the top 14 besides them. It's it's absolutely like, yeah, it's crazy that all three of those guys, I, I mean, again, I put them all in. I don't know about first ballot. I don't know how that works, but they're all Hall of Famers. Now, what about DeMarcus Ware? That's an great, interesting great, one. great player. Does he jump out? At, I mean, does he jump out to you as like a guy? I mean, I think offensive tackles and quarterbacks and, and offensive coordinators probably have a different opinion of him than we do. But like in terms of you as a fan, do you ever did you ever watch a Demarcus Ware game and go, ooh, we get Demarcus Ware today? You get to watch a little Demarcus Ware. I don't know if I did that, but I, I would argue towards him being a Hall of Famer. Okay, just I mean he was dominant for years for two teams, nine time Pro Bowler, four time first team All Pro. So that means four times. Yeah, he was the best at his position in the league. 138 and a half career sacks, which is ninth all time. Okay, put him in. Nine, if you're top 10 and you're a four-time All-Pro. Tough to not put you in. Mm-hmm. Guys ahead of him on one through eight on the all-time sack list. Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Kevin Green, Julius Peppers, Chris Dolman, Michael Strahan, Jason Taylor, Terrell Suggs, and then DeMarcus Ware. Behind him are all Hall of Famers, mostly. I, I I put him in. But I also tend to agree with what you're saying. If I was watching a Cowboys or Broncos game, I wasn't like, oh, I mean, Marcus Ware. I mean, even if, well, like to be fair, even on the Broncos, thing, like he was, they, they paired him opposite Von Miller, right? Sure. Like, that was the whole strategy. Yeah. True. Now, that, I'm not saying having great teammates should make it you know, should, should hurt your case or whatever. I just look, you know, I, I, I try to go from the gut before I look at the stats. Like I made an assumption on those receivers based on what I knew about their careers that Johnson's stats would come in a little behind them, but he was like, to me, a more effective player that played less games on worse teams. Then when you tell me his stats are equal, I'm like, Oh, fuck it. Then he's for sure. in. Yeah. To me, like my gut reaction to DeMarcus Ware is like, as a Giants fan, I was never like, oh no, got Ware this week. But, you know, 
I also can't argue with ninth in sacks all time and four all pros. So fine, get put him in. Hopefully he goes in wearing a Broncos helmet. Here's some. Not that, uh, they, wear the, not that they wear hats. Here's some trivia for you. See if sure. you can get this. Where did Demarcus Ware attend college? Um, Troy. Oh, that is a good one. You got it. Uh, Troy University in Alabama. Because I believe also OCU Manora went there. They've put out a couple stud pros. Yeah. I did a show there in 2009. Wow. You talk about small little college town in the middle of Alabama. I remember I drank all night with these college kids at the bar, like Jack and Cokes. I'm buying everybody's drinks. I am not exaggerating. I had like a whole group of kids. The bar tab was like $40. Yeah, quality cool. of life yeah exactly and there was this kid there was this kid like i stayed at some of the kid one of the kids houses and uh i went down there for like a few nights did the show but i was like i'm staying down here when am i gonna be in troy alabama ever again i'm just gonna party for a few days with these kids this one kid in the fraternity this poor kid was like you know, like you can't like openly be at least okay. Two thousand nine, you couldn't really be openly gay in Troy, Alabama. Yeah, I don't think you can be openly gay in Troy, Alabama right now. I don't <laughs> think you'll ever be be allowed to be openly. Gay this in kid Troy, was so flaming, like so definitely gay. And you know, how I did the show with Sandy Danto. We flew down together, and Sandy and I kept laughing. We're like, are they just gonna like? So-and-so, because he was one of the kids' houses we were standing we're like, cool, dude, he's gay, whatever, no big deal. But like, are they just going to act like, I mean, he was like this and how you guys, like, I'm not exaggerating. He was just so over the top. And I'm like, are we just going to. He was the kid from Curb Your Enthusiasm? <laughs> he was. Brando, like, I'm not even exaggerating. He was so, and he talked, he's like, how y'all doing? What do you guys going to drink tonight? And he had like the Southern twang and the lisp. And I'm like, are they just going to act like Brian or who? Like, guys, it's, he's gay. Like, and he's just got to cover it up. The question is, if you're that kid, what, you know, how do you end up at Troy? You think he was just like, I don't know. I just thought the idea of being in Troy was so exciting. <laughs> Kid, maybe don't go to school in Alabama. He's like, I don't know. Troy. I like Troy. Brad Pitt looked so ripped in that movie. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. So I vote I him in. It seems like yeah. you would vote him in. Sure. Put them all in. Devin Hester, Marcus Ware, all the receivers, they're all in. Uh, the gay kid from Troy, he's in. <laughs> Honestly, to be in Troy, Alabama, and to be, you know, super gay, like I Hall of Famer in my book. It's a good point. It's like Andre Johnson on the Texans. It's like, how did you survive, bro? Yeah, that's a good point. That guy. Put like, him he, in. He needs a bust. I can't put him in. Yeah. Okay, we're on to. Like I would, I would never wear a gold jacket. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, I a remember must, a mustard blazer. I remember. What saying, am I, an extra and working girl? You'll love this. 
and I'm sure he doesn't care me talking about this. Sandy, cancel, cancel, cancel. By the way, every time we do this, I know. Sandy, Sandy Danto, he smuggled his marijuana in a, uh, what did he smuggle it? He, he would put it in like a giant thing of. In his bra? No, he put it in, uh, you know, a giant gold bond, pow- gold bond powder thing. He'd empty yeah. it out and then put the bag of weed in it and then put the powder back in. And that's, that's how he smuggled his, his weed from California to Alabama on our flight. Now we just have vape pens and yeah. edibles. Like that shows you how far things have come with marijuana since 2009. How I you went to a sp- concert last night at Santa Barbara Bowl. And like, I mean, the amount of vape pens, like they just, they're, they're just not even check. You know what I mean? There was one point where it's like, they're playing the encore. People are just waving their lit vape pens. There's something about smoking it when you have a joint or a, a pull, like a bowl versus that. I don't know. I just, I like, I like the feeling better than the vape pen, but in a pinch, like when you're traveling, when you're, sure. in, like you're walking into someplace. Sure. By the way, have you ever been to the Santa Barbara bowl? No, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's awesome. It kicks the shit out of like the Hollywood bowl and whatever it's smaller but it's that same natural amphitheater vibe, but it's in such a nice shape. It's so it's like, honestly, maybe one of my favorite concert venues ever. Who's performing the Lumineers. You were like, you're, I walked in from Santa Barbara, you walk through like a neighborhood, you're just like in a residential neighborhood. And then boom, you're in the Santa Barbara bowl, like tucked up in this mountaintop area. Like um, unbelievable. What an experience. That's I'm, a great I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at concerts here. It's like, it's one of those things. Like when you were, when I, when we lived in Venice, like a couple times I went to long beach airport and I was like, ah, I mean, just the breezing through security makes it worth the half hour drive. Sure. It's like I'll drive up here two hours to not like have to park at the Hollywood bowl or like be in that. Like, yeah, the, there's everything about it is so chill. And then the street that it's on, I found this out yesterday. They call it the, Santa Barbara taco trail. Like the whole street is lined with taco shops. Really? Yeah. Santa Barbara is a great city. Yeah, it really is. You want to get to the week three picks? Yes. Andy, before we get to week three picks, can I do a plug? Sure. Um, well, I may as well get two plugs out since we do it. But first of all, uh, I've, I've talked a lot about this, uh, charity and can, uh, the, charity to end child abuse and neglect. Well, they have started doing their, uh, walks, their, their, uh, you know, charity walks and, uh, their one in Dallas is this weekend. And there is a dirty sports team that already has members on it. There will be dirt balls walking in Dallas this weekend to end child abuse and neglect. So if you're a dirt ball and you're in the Dallas area, uh, you can join an already formed uh, dirty sports team and walk to and child abuse and neglect. Go to endcan.org and sign up if you're in Dallas area and walk this weekend. And I think it's next weekend is the uh, the one in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, I will be in New Orleans for shows, but all kinds of walks coming up all over the country. There's one out by you in Columbus. So guys, if you're a dirt ball, there meet other dirt balls and uh, do something good. And unfortunately, like I said, I won't be in 
LA next week, or I would for sure be walking. Um, but I'll be in New Orleans doing shows. So if you want to come to those shows, if you're in New Orleans, you want to come to those shows. Uh, it's Comedy House New Orleans. I've got a post up on Instagram about it. I've got my link in all my bios. Check that out. So week three, we, we are here officially. You know how it goes. Football season flies by. We're already in the third week. And as always, we will be going over our lines presented by FanDuel the official dirty sports sponsor for all NFL season long. So dirt balls, if you're playing fantasy and you want to join another league or you haven't signed up yet, go ahead and sign up at FanDuel. You can start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. So you can do new lineups every day. You can choose one of their many formats, the single game, the main slate, the best ball, snake draft, you name it. There's uh, many different formats that they have, and you can even do private contests with your friends. So we will be going over on their sports book right now. I'm at sportsbook.fanduel.com, and we'll be checking out the NFL lines through, uh, through FanDuel. So go ahead and sign up if you haven't already. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Okay, so week three, first game, the undefeated Panthers travel to Houston, take on Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. Third round pick backing up Tyrod Taylor. Panthers are hot. They're 2 0. Defense is playing great. They're seven and a half point favorites. <laughs> it's a big spread. It is a big spread. And obviously, the spread would not be that big if it were even Tyrod Taylor. Um, and I would probably be leaning Texans. You feel like no matter who is the quarterback of the Texans, that the Panthers with two and zero start are probably favorites in this game. But if you imagine a three and a half point or a four point favorite with a Tyrod Taylor, I would be leaning Texans because I'm like, "Hmm, you know, the Panthers have looked good, but like, are the Panthers like a three and zero starting team? Are they? You know, they primed to have a short week fall off at uh, on the road, but with a backup quarterback on a short week against a team that's playing well. Yes, it's a home game. I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, I can't not go with the Panthers because of those things. I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough points to cover that spread. And what a great opportunity for the Panthers like you have to see it as an opportunity like every week in the NFL is going to be a battle you've got to look at short week rookie quarterback first time you know starting in the NFL you've got to look at it as an opportunity to feast if the Panthers don't come out and kick their ass I'd be shocked yeah the only thing that keeps the Panthers in this game is if Sam Darnold has a poor game in my opinion and throw some like picks. Talk, talk about you know 
he's been great at protecting the ball so far. You have to go into this game saying, hey, here's the deal. We're going to let them make mistakes. Sure. I agree. So staying in the AFC South, the Jags are also at home and also in a seven point, seven and a half point game. This with the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals are seven and a half point favorites in Jacksonville. I've been riding the favorites a lot this year, and I'm going to continue to do that in this game because I just don't think Jacksonville can keep up with Arizona scoring. Yeah. Cardinals 38 points and 34 points in their two games. Let's like take a touchdown off from that, right? Let's, let's just take a touchdown off of 34. Let's just say they don't have the game they had last week, even though, again, they played the Vikings and the Titans. Let's say they scored 27 points. Do we think that the Jaguars can score 20 points in a football game? No. And I know Arizona's defense looked bad last week, but they looked good in week one against Tennessee. Jaguars scored 21 in the, against the Texans in a game that they were blown out of. They scored 13 last week against the Broncos. I'm going with the uh, Cardinals as well. All right. Again, we're going to stay in the AFC South. This one is difficult because we don't know the situation of Carson Wentz. Indy travels to Tennessee. Titans are five-point favorites. Well, on... the status of Carson Wentz is that he's out and or severely hobbled based solely on Vegas's line, correct? Sure. This is not a five. What did what'd you say? Five and a half? Five on FanDuel. Yeah. The latest from two hours ago from NFL.com, the Colts are prepared to play both Jacob Eason and Brett Hundley if Wentz can't go. So the Colts are without Carson Wentz and don't know which guy they're going to play? Well, it says they're prepared to play both. Yeah. I mean, I hate to keep riding the favorites, but I'm going to ride the favorites again. After the Titans second half last week against your Seahawks and at home blood in the water with Carson Wentz hobbled. Seems crazy not to five and a half, five, five. five. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I don't know how we fared. How did we fare last week? Basically riding the favorites. We did very well. I want to say we got 11 of 16 games. Then you got one that I didn't get and I got one you didn't get. Correct. So I'll take 11 out of 16. These games aren't easy to pick. Okay. Ravens travel to Detroit. Ravens coming off that huge win. Seven and a half point favorites. Jared Goff completely 100% exposed in that Packers game as being the medium pizza that we knew he was. Seven and a half. They played. They were there. for. They hung around for a minute, though, didn't they? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the Lions because of that. I think I think I can see a backdoor cover back. Are you going backdoor goth? Yeah. I'm going to take a chance on this one. Um, Let me look. I'm going to go with the Ravens. OK. I just so- I you know, I didn't do it before, but I'm, I'm pulling it up now. I'm pulling up. Because I like I like this strategy of uh, of of you know I, I have a I have a pick'em league with spreads 
and I fill it out pretty quickly. I like to go with the, uh, you know, the idea that it's just, just go, go with your gut. Sure. I'm looking at now I'm just going to confirm my, and so far my gut's been confirmed. My Panthers, Titans, Ravens. I'll take a chance on the Lions. It's probably a stupid chance, but I'll take a chance. This next one's a little tougher. The Washington football team travels to Buffalo where the Bills are seven point favorites. Ooh, seven. It's a big spread for me. It's big. I pick them, had them at eight and a half. Seven might be enough. It's at Buffalo, isn't it? Yeah, Washington's had 10 days off. You know I'm what? Take, I'm going to do, I'm taking I'm gonna do Washington. Washington. I'm going to do yeah, Washington huh. as well. We said at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's just such a big spread. And they looked good offensively last week. Yeah. I mean, the Giants, are, for some reason, are playing prevent the entire football game. So it's going to make a lot of people look good offensively. I'll, ne- I'll like, dude, you got to see. I'm, I'm, I'm like desperately. I'm like, I just. I was like, Danny, just let me talk to somebody there. Like, I just want to, I just want to be like, what is the deal? Why are we playing prevent the whole game? I just need an answer for, direct from the source. But yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go with Washington as well. Saints travel to New England. Jameis versus Bill Belichick. Pats are three point favorites at home. So basically, they're calling this a push game on a neutral site. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be right in there. I think it's going to be a three point game. Um, I think this is a game that comes down to the wire. Um, but I'm going to go with the Patriots at home defense, feeling good defense, taking, uh, taking the ball away from Zach Wilson last week, four times. I know we're talking about the Jameis Winston mistake free dialed back version of Jameis Winston. Uh, I think Bill Belichick can look at Jameis Winston as uh, a rookie quarterback, essentially. I'm going to confuse the guy. Yeah, it's really tough. This is definitely being a homer with my opinions on Jameis. It's tough for me not to bet against the Colt. I'm sorry, against the Saints in this one. Mm -hmm. I got to go with the Patriots in a low-scoring game. And if the Saints fall to one and two, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, this one's this one I made my mind up the minute I saw the spread. Chargers at Chiefs, six and a half points. Way too big for me. Go on the Chargers in this one because the, Char- the Saints, or I'm sorry, the Saints, the Chiefs' defense is suspect. suspect. So I think the Chargers can hang in with them putting up points. I have, the char- I have the charges as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Like the tough part about this pick for me is I would be the same amount surprised by a chargers winning this game as I would by a 35 point chiefs victory. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. there's, there's a way better chance to me that this is a 14 point win than a three point chiefs win. But at the same time, it's like six and a half with the way their defense is playing with the way, uh, the chargers have been able to move the ball. Really? The big fear here is 
the Chiefs coming off a loss. But I'm going to go with the Chargers. Chargers always play them tough. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Division game. I'm going to have to start getting into some difference of opinion. I think we might have one here. Bears travel to Cleveland. Browns are seven-point favorites. It will be Justin Fields' first start. I thought he looked absolutely awful last week. The reason they win that game, their defense was suffocating. They're up 20-3. to They almost blew that lead. I think the Browns win and cover, and I think Justin Fields struggles. Nice. Finally. Yeah. I'm going with the Bears simply on the – uh, the Bears are not a dog shit football team. And I started this season by saying the Browns are no longer a punchline. And I don't think the Browns are a punchline. And I think the Browns are a good football team. But there is still something about the orange helmet of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> that says, are you a touchdown favorite over anybody that isn't? The Texans, the Jaguars, the, 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 the just like the doormats of the NFL. Uh, I'm going with the Bears. And I think, you know, I have a hard time judging quarterbacks in their first professional starts. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not calling Justin Fields a bust just yet. I'm not calling him a bust you, either. I know you. And I'm, not call, I'm just saying he looked awful. Like, if you, if you yeah. watch that game, he looked awful. He's was missing his throws. All game, he had a nice running first down, which basically won them the game, but not with his arm. He wasn't looking good. And I think that Browns defense will get after him. Yeah. There's a reason he didn't start the year. They were trying to let him get his you know feet wet and grounded a little. So well, I'm re- just glad we have a difference of opinion. Yeah. Let's go. I got to make up like one game back or two games back. All right, this one is tough again because of injuries. The Bengals travel to Pittsburgh. We Classic Big Ben, already hurt, pectoral issue. This started at four and a half. It's down to three. Steelers are three-point favorites at home. We don't know if Big Ben is playing hurt or if whack-a-mole Mason Rudolph is going to start. Yeah. I am going with the Steelers to win and cover, and I'm doing it based solely on Mason Rudolph, Big Ben, doesn't really matter to me. I think uh, there's still some big brother strength, Steelers versus Bengals. I could see the Bengals, you know, putting a nail in the uh, the Steelers are a great team coffin, but just not in Pittsburgh. I think that we're going to save that one for later in the year, uh, maybe when they play in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm still not a huge Steelers fan, but the uh, the idea that, you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals go into Pittsburgh and upset a Steelers team seems seems crazier to me than Mason Rudolph just beating the, the Bengals. Yeah, to me, it's the Steelers defense. And I know TJ Watt is also questionable with a groin injury, but I don't even think that matters. The Bengals can't protect him. I stand by. Joe Burrow will not start all 17 games for the Bengals this year. Their O-line looks awful. By the way, Sewell for the Lions, fun fact, has not given up a sack this year, and he has not given up a sack sack at left tackle since 2018. Right. 
and everybody was freaking out that he didn't play that well in preseason. I don't know if you noticed Eli and Peyton both commenting on the O-line of the Lions saying they're protecting Goff. Yeah. And Sewell's looking good. And it was, and the Lions were ecstatic that that guy fell to them. Yeah. So huge mistake. In fact, I would argue colossal mistake by the Bengals by not drafting him and going with a receiver. Therefore, I'm going to go Steelers as well. They're going to get to Burrow and they're going to win by more than three. All right. Your team is hosting the Falcons. Falcons at Giants, three point Giants spread. I have no clue where I'm going here. Okay. Both teams own two. Falcons have looked really bad and they got in that game out of nowhere. A lot of Matt Ryan slander. Again, I keep seeing it. Here's a fun fact for all you guys who are doing the Matt Ryan slander. The Falcons in the first two games, this is the most points they've ever given up in the first two games in their franchise. I'm not saying Matt Ryan is what he used to be because he's not. But by the way, I'm here for Matt Ryan slander. I think there are I think there are aspects of Matt Ryan's clear career that are worth slandering. That being said, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, a resume that includes all the all the like compiling of gaudy career stats, plus an MVP, plus a Super Bowl appearance. It's like, what's the argument here anymore? Yeah. That, that being said, turns over the ball in the red zone more than you'd like. Sure. Uh, that being said, a, a big part of the Super Bowl choke, in my opinion. But, you know, what? And, and again, we're at the end of his career. So what is this? What, you know, what, what do we say? Like, what's anybody's point? Everybody just thinks he's so overrated. Like, like his career has been overrated and his stats. Well, everybody are, thinks that then he's not overrated, right? Yeah, and his stats are. I was getting into it with a buddy the other day, and like it's the same thing. Matt Ryan sucks. He's garbage. He's trash. And I just like people don't know what they're talking about. I'll just call it. I I, just, I wrote to my buddy. I go. He has an MVP. He's going to finish top five in yards and touchdown passes. So so shut the fuck up. Like you just sound stupid. He's not trash. He's just not. And it's the funny part was I would look where I was a few years ago. I was calling Matt Ryan Andy Dalton. Yeah, but but I've changed because he's shown through consistency. With that being said, I just think their team is trash. And I think the Giants are going to win and cover. So my thoughts on this game are varied, and uh, I'll tell you in the end what sealed my decision. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game because I I don't think the Giants beat up on people. They're 0 and 2. I don't think they have that ability there yet. Um they seem to be playing a full-time prevent defense, which I don't understand, which is going to make Matt Ryan be able to move the ball extensively. I think that this is a high-scoring game. I think this has a better chance of being a 14-point Falcons win than it does being a fucking Giants 10-point win. Like I think the chances of the Giants blowing this game, I almost think it's a it's like a coin toss who wins this football game, let alone the three points. But I think the Giants win and I think the Giants cover and I think it for one reason. On Sunday, the greatest offensive player in the history of the New York Giants will have his number 10 retired. They will have the most clutch player in the history of their organization in the middle of the field at halftime. I think Mark Bavaro. I think the <laughs> franchise gets a win, doesn't does even, something, 
does something that they didn't do for the last five years of his career, comes together and gets a win for, again, the New York Giants offensive goat, Mr. And, and honestly, probably the best football broadcaster in the history of broadcast television, Eli Manning. Giants win and cover for Eli. Who are the other good offensive players in the Giants history? I mean, Tiki Barber's up there uh, from all the aspects of his thing. Like, uh, I mean, you know, Frank Gifford is probably up there. Man, he did. We're, we're going deep. Well, Frank Gifford, if you look at Frank Gifford, like running, catching, throwing, like did all the things. Uh, yeah. Y.A. Tittle. Oh, man. You guys are going deep. You've Rodney had pretty, Hampton. You guys have had a pretty pathetic offensive history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, who's the best running back in the Giants history? Kiki Barber. Yeah. I hate to say that, but it is Tiki Barber. That's crazy. Best wide receiver. Best wide receiver. Um, it's probably like fucking Amani Toomer. Like, <laughs> that's crazy, man. I mean, I bet you. Giants receiving leaders. Say New York Giants career receiving leaders. I mean, Amani Toomer's got the most yards and the most receptions. Yeah. It's Amani Toomer. 660 receptions, almost nine, nine, four, nine, seven, almost 9,500 yards. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> in New York Giants football history, Amani Toomer has 9,497 yards. Second is Odell Beckham, 5476. That's a huge gap. Ever. Kiki Barber has the second most receptions ever. Odell Beckham's fourth. Jeremy Shockey's fifth. It's crazy. I mean, honestly, Sterling Shepard is in his sixth year with the Giants and is like eighth or something like that. And he's the longest tenure giant and he's got 3,700 yards. Like he may be a top five, you know, he'll be a top five Giants receiver who plays two more seasons there. That's nuts. It's horribly nuts. We referenced this game earlier in the show. The Dolphins travel to the Raiders. I'm riding Raiders hard. Just win, baby. Raiders four and a half point favorites going against. Who are they playing against? Who's the quarterback for the Dolphins? I don't know. Who is the quarterback? Is it just Kobe Briscoli? Just Kobe. Just Kobe Briscoli. I can't believe. Didn't the Colts just extend him? That's an epic. I can't believe he's not the Colts quarterback anymore. Epic Joe and Tug battle. I wonder if Tug is still team Jacoby Briscoli. <laughs> Jacoby Brajol. You riding the Raiders with me? Four and a half points. Against Josie and the Pussycats? Yeah. <laughs> Josie Brissett is like the hottest girl in your high school class, isn't she? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Look at Josie Brissett. Uh, that's a sexy name. Josie Brissett. Yeah. She's hot, man. Where she wears a skirt. But Josie Brajol is not who you want starting a quarterback for she's you. The, she's the girl who loves to crush chicken parm. Yeah. She's not the I'm hottest going girl. Daraders. Four and a half is a lot, though. It is a lot. And I know we're <laughs> I liked it better. I liked it better when it opened at three. We're 100 percent setting ourselves up for a Jacoby Brissett. Upset. A monster Jacoby Brissett. I don't I'm not even worried about a Josie Briscoe game. I'm worried about a I'm worried about like a defensive battle that comes down to a kick. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried about a 11 8 football game more than I'm worried about, you know, Josie Brajol sticking around offensively. And honestly, the Raiders, dude. Derek Carr is throwing for 375 yards of football game. He's looking like this could be his best year. It's his best start for sure. He's got, and he's got MVP votes in his past. Jets at Broncos. FanDuel has the Broncos at 10 and a half point favorites right now. It's a big spread. They are struggling offensively, though, and Zach Wilson is taking his rookie QB lumps. I'm going to say the Jets cover. I keep doing this. Damn it. Damn it. I'm so quiet. My thing is always just like, let you talk it out. The Jets keep doing this, but I'm going to just stick with them. Like, they keep screwing me over. I just, I don't know, it's that half point. I mean, I I just think it's a, a matter of, like, if the Broncos play good football and the Jets play bad football, 10 and a half is not even like, yeah, they get beat by 17. No one's surprised whatsoever. Um, I'm mostly just like, you know, the wild throw thing is like Zach Wilson last week throws four picks and, and a lot of them terrible, terrible decisions. But like yeah. you keep doing that every once in a while, like you look at the Carolina game, he had some big throws that went, you know, that, that worked. Like, I just think it's, You know, he's just he's a guy who to start his career, especially with the Jets, he's they're just going to let him huck it around and figure it out. And, you know, I got a backdoor Wilson. Like the backdoor Wilson, his mom, you know what I'm saying? This thing on. (laughs) Hello? Yeah. Backdoor Wilson, his mom. I got it. Okay, Wilson. All right, so we're both taking the Jets. I love that uh, Robert Sala, Jets coach, is just going to be is just going to turn into Tom Hanks and Castaway this year, just disheveled, unshowered, screaming Wilson after every terrible play as he runs Wilson up and, as he runs up and down those steps, and then instead of I have made fire, I have been fired. The Bucks. This is going to be a fun game. Bucks. Yeah, tra- the Bucks travel to the Rams. Bucks are one and a half point favorites. I'm going Rams win and cover. Oh wow! He turns his back on his squad. What do you mean? Oh, oh sorry. I forgot. You're also a Rams fan. Uh, Andy, do you remember me bringing this up last week? When the when the Rams opened as favorites, I remember you saying this spread's gonna flip and flop around. Yeah, 
Rams opened as favorites and now they're one and a half. It goes from it, it literally goes a full three point swing from one and a half point favorites to one and a half point dogs. I am also on the Rams getting points at home. I like it. I think if Matt Ryan is able to, I know it didn't get, it was only close for a second, but I think if Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons are able to move the ball in bunches at, at certain points against the Bucks, I look for a Cooper Cup bonanza. My Cooper Cup overfloweth. I'm taking I'm also the, on the Rams. I'm, yeah, I'm taking them to win straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I like it. I like this as a loss for the Bucks. Seahawks are another one and a half point favorite on the road. They're traveling to Minnesota. Now, does, does Minnesota fall to 0 and 3? I think they do. I take your Seahawks to win and cover. But let me ask you something because I, again, think the Vikings are just bad. I don't think, like, and I'm, I know. Their defense isn't what it used to be, and I'm not saying their defense is good, but I am just so fucking sick of the like. This is this is a matchup of teams that like the excuse at quarterback. I'm so sick of their offensive line. Your Dalvin Cook has no problem at all with your offensive line, guys. None thinks your offensive line is fucking great. Stop it with this gar. I'm so sick of this garbage excuse where your running game is epically dominant. Your quarterback can't fucking throw the ball without getting sacked. Kirk Cousins is bad. He's bad. I truly believe that. And I'm taking the Seahawks to win and cover. Now, as a Seahawks fan, does it concern you that you're only one and a half point favorites on the road in Minnesota? No, I mean, it's a road game. I think Seahawks win and cover. I also wouldn't be shocked if they lose. I don't, I don't know what to make of this year's team. I mean, they, 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 were, they were so Let's erratic. Go, Hawks. They were erratic last game. They got to run the ball better. They didn't run the ball against the Titans. They couldn't. They needed more balance. That's why they won week one. Yeah, this. I'll be curious how this game plays out, but I'm going to go Seattle, win, and cover. Ask Dalvin Cook if he wants to run the ball. Behind the Giants offensive line. Ask Saquon Barkley if he'd take a trade to the fucking Vikings. Your offensive line is fucking fine. I'm so sick of this. This is like, this is the new NFL fan. Well, you know, there's different types of blockers that the guys who. Well, there is, Joe. I mean, we disagree there. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, we, I'm not, I actually don't, I, I, I don't argue with that at all, other than the fact that like you can be like a decent pass blocking team and a shitty run blocking team. And you can be a decent run blocking team and a shitty pass blocking team. What I'm sick of, I'm just absolutely sick of people arguing that you can be dominant run blockers and incompetent pass blockers. It's not, it's just not fucking, it's just not true. You're just not a dominant run blocking team and an, like completely incompetent pass blocking team. Look at how long your quarterbacks hold the ball. If that's your, if that's your fucking, if that is what you find is your offensive line, look, look at one thing and one thing alone. How long is your quarterback holding the fucking football? 
Packers travel to San Francisco Sunday night football. This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be great. Niners are three-point favorites. Lions stayed in that game because the Packers, de- it's not their offense. It's their defense. is not good. They had the fewest amount of sacks in the NFL entering week three. They're not applying any pressure to the quarterback. With that being said, I think the Packers cover and win. Well, I think this matchup plays into the hands of you have a good Niners defense against a good Packers offense. You have a suspect Packers defense against, you know, I wouldn't say the Niners offense is suspect, but it's certainly the lesser of their two squads. Um, I just think it plays into being a close Good Sunday night football game. I'll take the dog. Um, you know, originally I had it at three and a half. It's now three, right? It's three on FanDuel. Yeah. So I'll stick with it. I'll stick with the, I liked my half point I was getting, not getting into FanDuel. That's okay. I'll stick with it. Um, I think the Packers could win this game. Um, and when I think they c- can win, I'll take it, uh, the, the dog. All right. And the final game, Monday night football. Eagles at Cowboys NFC East division game Cowboys on FanDuel are three and a half point favorites. I'm going to ride the Cowboys. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles offense. Um, I'm going to ride the Cowboys simply because I think that there is one good group here and it's the Cowboys offense. Uh, the Cowboys defense, meh, uh, the Eagles offense, question mark the Eagles defense meh I'm going with it in Dallas it's in Dallas correct yes yeah going in Dallas Dallas offense I think they went in cover all right those are our week three NFL picks let's get the calls before we get the calls I just want to say I can tell you I can tell you shaved but you kept the stash and I shaved yesterday as well. And I know both of us used our Harry's razors. Did you get some Harry's razors in the mail? I did, Andy. You did. I did. And you know what's funny? Uh, and I, 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 I cursed the sky, but I went, I, you know, our good friends at Harry's are so great at sending us free product. I mean, I have, I have razor blades for days i mean i don't I, I don't think in my lifetime i'll use all my harry's razor blades but i ran out of my harry's shave cream and i went down to a uh local chain pharmacy who i won't blast on this show but sadly grossly disgustingly they didn't carry harry's shave cream so i got in my car i left i went to another chain pharmacy they did carry Harry's. I picked up some Harry's shave cream. So I'm now driving around. I, I love it so much. I love Harry's shave cream so much. I left my pharmacy, drove to another pharmacy, and now I'm spending time, gas, whatever, just to get my preferred shave cream. I literally walk in my door and there's a box from Harry's with shave. I was like, guys, a, a day earlier would have been great, yeah. but it just goes to show you even when it's not coming to me in the mail where I don't have to do anything, I will seek out my Sherry's Harry's shave cream. Well, we can avoid that problem. Dirt balls 
by just having it sent directly to your house. Absolutely. Don't make the mistake that Joe Prano made. Yeah. There's never a better time to try Harry's. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports to get your starter set for just three bucks. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So you've got nothing to lose. Go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports right now to get this special offer. That's H A R R Y S dot com forward slash dirty sports. Right to your house, guys. There's, there's no reason not to do it. Right to your house. Okay. We talked to Eli earlier in the show. So we have a call with a comment on that broadcast. Great. Hey, what's going on, boys? This is Owen, a former Pennsylvania and now New Jersey dirt ball for college. Um, I heard you guys talking about, like, people that potentially dislike Eli Manning, you know, NFC East, the Patriots fans. And as a Pats fan myself, I don't think it's the fact that I hate Eli Manning. It's more of just I hate the fact that he was in between, you know, the perfect season, obviously. And, you know, it's not like he just came and let his nuts hang on the Pats twice. Like, it wasn't like he went off for, like, 450 and four touchdowns at both games. He came in and did what he had to do and made the plays when it mattered the most. So, you know, that's not something I'm going to leave – you know, I'm not going to put this negative tone about Eli Manning. I like the guy personally, but I can't speak for everybody. But that leads me to my question, and that's if you could have one season of your team back to, like, a championship, right, like in my case, the 07 pass, that's, like, the one season I'd want to have back. What would it be for you guys, like, you know, the Giants or Andy's, you know, Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Bengals, whatever it may be, or maybe the Reds or the Mets, something like that, you know what I mean? Uh, that's all I got for you. Sorry, I just went over a little minute. I tried to be, be quick, but uh, that's everything. Stay dirty. Um, this is pretty easy for me. Um, you know, the, the the team the teams that jump out of mind. It's like uh, that jump to mind for me. Are obviously, my New York Giants only made one Super Bowl that they didn't win, um, but. I was never the biggest fan of, of that squad. And I've, I was never a Kerry Collins fan. Uh, that Ravens defense was all time. You know, we kind of played above our heads to get there to me, the giants four super bowls in my lifetime. I'm not pulling from the giants pool. Um, my Knicks. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of, of opportunities, certainly two finals appearances. Um, 94 would have been a nice one. It uh, would have been nice, but there's still, you know, in retrospect, you have this. It, it, it would still be like the Olajuwon. It would have been the, the first year Jordan was gone. If it's like if it comes in the second year, like the Magic beat him. If the Knicks, you know, beat, had beaten Jordan in the playoffs and then still gone on, I don't – everybody knows I don't give uh, a whole lot of credit to like he missed half that season. He scored 35 points a game in the fucking playoffs or whatever it was. So like if it had been 95, they beat the Bulls, they go – Maybe that's the one I'm leaning toward. Obviously, the 2000 uh, Knicks Spurs, but still, like that's not it to me. Uh, the Mets have been to a couple. Have obviously have the World Series against the Yankees. Would have been nice to beat the Yankees, but like again, not a team I was absolutely in love with. Then you have the 2000 mid 2000 Mets 2007 that lose to uh, the Cardinals on that back breaking. You know, Wainwright curveball and everybody thinks, oh, if the Mets go to the World Series, they absolutely dominate and win the same way the Cardinals did after a seven game series. But to me, it's pretty obvious. It's my 2015 Mets. I threw out a pitch that year. They go to the World Series. Uh, I, I go to 
you know, two games of the world series. I go to multiple games of the playoff run. We sweep the Cubs. Like that's the year for me. If I could, if I could have one world series or one championship season, it would be that 2015 team that loses to the Royals. Heartbreaking, devastating, um, would have been just long enough apart from, you know, I would have had a full on adulthood Mets one to go along with my full on childhood Mets one. That's the one for me. No doubt about it. Well, I don't have any options. Let's just be real here. I'd say if you want to go back to the Bengals fandom, I was so young, but they lose that Super Bowl to Joe Montana on the epic comeback. I was for, I was a first yeah. grader, but yeah, but then the John Candy story has gone. Then the fucking, you know, but like Montana what is not in the goat conversation. That's what I'm saying. Like, like how much does everything change for me personally? And also the NFL world, if Montana doesn't lead that 93 yard, also, just drive. how about the butterfly effect of like the Bengals being champions, like Boomer Esiason and being a cha- like Boomer was the know. MVP I, that year. Yeah, I think 9-11 happens earlier. I think COVID <laughs> happens earlier. Like, I think I think we're living in a, you know, we're living in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where like football is no longer a thing because we're all like fighting over oil and we've turned into cannibals. I don't think rooting for that Bengals team to you know, when is, has good long-term butterfly effect. And the 2012 Reds had the second best record in baseball. They won 97 games. You know, they take the first two in San Francisco. All they got to do is win one. They lose all three games in Cincinnati. San Francisco Francisco goes on to beat the Tigers in the world series. That was a crushing one. I, and I know people here in town who went to all three games and they say it's, it's just disbelief. It was classic dusty Baker playoffs where where the Reds had a stacked team. They won the division that year, just two years earlier. Like that wasn't a good little run for them. Hear me out. Are any of these above or like, I know they're not officially your team. Would you rather just give that? Would you rather not have Russ throw away the Super Bowl on the one yard line? Your boy Russ then has no. two. He doesn't have no. an epic choke no. job on the one. No. You'd rather no. you'd rather have a, a Reds World Series than it's, your boy Russ. It's not, I mean, it's like to be honest, it's kind of offensive that you would even ask that. I mean, I'm close. just saying, like it's not, wasn't tr- it's not like he went to the Super Bowl and just like lost. He like he was on the one yard line threw it into the hands I'm not even the from Seattle. Game. I just like Russ as a player. I know. And I'm saying all the battling you've done for him. It's like the real, the real black eye on his careers. He, he handed a Super Bowl to the other team. Well, fine. He's still a first ball hall of famer at this point. Okay. Like he's no Andre Johnson, but like, geez, I mean, Russ's numbers speak for themselves. I like, I feel I don't even have to argue him anymore at this point. Like he's in year 10, what he's done through nine years. And he's got a Super Bowl. Whether he game managed that and won it on a defense, like I was just wondering. I just, I just there, there's no it. denying that. But I'm just saying, like, no, no, it's not even a question. But for me personally, probably of all of them, you guys are gonna laugh. Would be my high school senior year. <laughs> yeah, I knew, you, is, I knew, I knew is. you would laugh. I am gonna laugh. We were undefeated. We were pretty stacked. We're ranked nationally. And we got upset in the second round of the playoffs to Huber Heights Wayne, who ended up losing the state finals. Now Huber Heights Wayne had some had some guys. They had Ohio State guys. They had uh, Will Allen, who played in the NFL. But we got upset. We were underprepared. It crushed me. 
emotionally. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me at the time. Little did I know, young, dumb, naive, 17-year-old Andy, life's going to be a lot harder than this. But that was a tough loss. That was a tough loss. Tough loss. But you know what? The Bombers are back, and they're playing well this year. So now I get to relive my glory days. And uh, I've been to a game already. I'll probably go to a couple. But Cincinnati, I had this discussion with somebody yesterday. You could argue, you really could argue at this point, worst sports town. I don't know who can make an argument over the last 30 plus years for a worst sports town as far as performance. It's really tough for a town that has at least two pro teams. The Bengals have zero playoff wins over 30 years. The Reds have one playoff series in 1995. And they've lost every other playoff series they've made. So, I mean, there's a big argument to be made that Cincinnati is the worst performing pro sports town in the last 30 years. In fact, I don't know who can, who can counter to that. We're talking. Strong, they, yeah, I think it's a strong argument. If you're saying not a single playoff win for the football team, one playoff series win for the baseball team, who can yeah. counterpunch that? Not Cleveland. They got a no. title. Yeah. They won a playoff game last year. Yeah. I like mean, who, yeah, even if even if you take the Cavs out of it, I mean, the, the Browns. And know. how many World Series appearances? And the Indians have yeah. had a lot of World Series appearances. Yeah, two. So my point is like, you really can't, again, the last 30 years, starting in 1991, I don't think there's a worse performing sports town than Cincinnati. San Diego's got at least a few playoff wins for football. Yeah. They made a World Series against the Yankees in the late 90s. Seattle's been successful in football. Yeah. I'm just saying, Cincinnati, like, it's not good. I don't know if it's the chili. I don't know what it is, but it's not good. I think it's the chili. All right. Well, here's a call from another Ohio dirtball who's making a trip out to City of Angels. Hey, Dirty Sports. This is Crypto Rant checking in from Cleveland. A group of us are going to be going down in two weeks to catch Browns at Chargers at SoFi, so I'm pumped about that. Um, my questions. First, Ruther, would you sell your tickets, the famous Andy Ruther uh, season ticket seats, to a dirt ball? If so, I don't know if they're on SeatGeek. Would you mind shouting out the section in a row? I'll try to find them, or I'll DM you. I'll buy them from you direct. Uh, next question. You guys lived in Venice Beach for 10 years. What's something that a tourist from Ohio like myself needs to do if I got one afternoon to kill in Venice Beach? Uh, and the third question, Prano, I looked on your website. I didn't see any shows for Saturday the 9th, but if you're doing five minute sets anywhere, I'm here for it. So that's what I want to catch. If I'm out in LA for one night, let me know, man. All right. Stay dirty guys. All right, let's go. And, uh, I mean, you'll have to handle your ticket thing. Uh, famous crypto crypto rant. Also an Andy, I believe. Um, his name is Andy Ranta. Yeah. So you'll have so similar to, to me. You'll have to hit him up directly about your tickets. Um, no, nothing on the website uh, for the ninth because you know when you do when you do shows in town, they usually are you know booked more closer to the date. But I would say there's a at least better than 50-50 chance that I'll have a show somewhere on October 9th. 
in LA. So uh, stay in touch, stay in my DMs, uh, stay on my website, almost certain. And honestly, if you remind me closer to the date, I could probably book one just to do it while you're here. Um, my, uh, if you're going to spend one afternoon in Venice Beach, I mean, it's like, if you're going to spend one afternoon, I wouldn't even say there's like one thing to do. I know Andy's not a big, uh, Andy Ruther is not a big Abbott Kinney fan, but I think if you start at Abbott Kinney and Venice Boulevard and you take, and you walk Abbott Kinney all the way down till it turns into Brooks and that turns into the beach. And then you hang a left and you go South on the boardwalk. I think if you go from one end to Abbott Kinney all the way uh, down to the boardwalk and then walk all the way over that you're going to hit pretty much everything you need to hit. There's bars along the way. There's restaurants along the way. There's shops along the way. That would be my walking afternoon Venice tour. Sure. I mean, you know my opinion on Abbott Kinney. But if you want to see the real, the grime, the, the grit of Venice Beach, you definitely walk the whole boardwalk. You'll see some crazy stuff. You'll see the Which basketball. I just told them to do. Sure. Hold on. You know, you'll obviously see the basketball courts, the skate park, Muscle Beach. You got to go down to Washington Boulevard, which connects to Pacific Avenue, which is where the Venice Pier is. You also have to see the canals, right? The canals sometimes get lost in the mix. It's like its own little Eden in an area full of crackheads and heroin addicts. The canals are gorgeous, beautiful homes. So those are, those are a little farther south where yeah. I used, of in where fact, I used if to you wanna, In fact, you can extend the, the loop. You go down to Abikini, down to the boardwalk, all the way down to Venice Pier, maybe get a burger at Hanano. Sure. Go up, go up from there, pass over, you know, to whatever those, uh, you know, uh, like right by Baja, Cantina, or is it Baja? Which one's the one that's up there? It's Baja Cantina. Is the bigger one that's outside and shit like that? No, Cabo yeah. is on Washington. Ba yeah. Baja's, yeah. It Baja Baja's Cantina. farther east. Yeah, yeah. So keep going all the way up Baja Cantina, make a left, and now you can go through the uh, canals. You can go through the canals, and it'll take you right back out to where you started. Yeah. And then you go to 1720 Pacific Avenue, the former home of the Smut Studio. Climb the walls like the zombies did in World War Z. See what's going on at the pool. And uh, and if you're going to spend an afternoon there, you know, and you want to have a sunset beverage, go up to go across from the uh, smut studio. J jump up at the rooftop there at uh, oh, yeah. have, a, have a sunset. Yeah. Sunset drink. Hotel Irwin's got a, a beautiful view. And uh, that's that's a place I definitely recommend. Or, you know, you go, uh, if you want a burrito. Are you going to send somebody to Tacoya? <laughs> Talk about fucking <laughs> look at where we've come. Tacoya Organica. They changed, Joe. Yeah, they did. When they, they when they no, this is true. You don't want to give me credit. You doxed them. You doxed them. I, now you're I, recommending them. To I people. doxed them because when they opened, they didn't offer burritos and they changed. And I became a loyal patron to Tokoya Organica. And he was like, listen, <laughs> I know you guys are serving Mexican meats and rice and beans inside of flour wraps, but they are not as big a flour wrap as I demand. So I shall dox you. No, if you get bigger 
flower wraps and wrap more of your product into a bigger flower wrap, I will recommend you to people. But until then, I will firebomb your fucking restaurant. That's not what happened. They did not offer. I'm telling you, man. I was excited to have a new restaurant directly across the street from me. I know they didn't offer burritos. I'm just saying it's like the old fucking Jim Gaffigan joke. It's like literally every Mexican item is a different construction of meat and cheese and rice and beans in a flour tortilla. It's just the size and shape. There's also that. What's that new Mexican place that opened during the pandemic? And, uh, what are we talking about? Mango me crazy. Mango me crazy. Yeah, I don't know if it's Mexican, but yeah. They do burritos. Yeah, they do burritos. That's why you didn't dox them. Okay, I, I doxed them. I doxed them. It was 2016. Yeah. I was wild. I was off the rails. Things were happening. The uh, the service crews here. We, we got to start yeah. wrapping up. Let, let's wrap this up. Okay, that's the show. Or I'm sorry, that's the uh, calls. 310-359-8365. Give us a call. We'll get to you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop a podcast review. And if you do, leave that Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you for some koozies. Uh, go to JoePrano.com for all shows. I'm wearing my shirt, Defend New Orleans. I'll be in New Orleans uh, next weekend, October 1st and 2nd. Uh, real Murphy's Law weekend. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. They've the Superdome caught fire this week, but they are saying that it will not affect plans for the still not confirmed, but mostly confirmed Giants at Saints game. Guys, I'll be at Comedy House, New Orleans in uh, next weekend. Come to shows, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Links all over all my social media bios, which you can find at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right. That's the show. Thanks for sticking around. Much love for all the support. You guys have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>